Hi, my name is Aaron. I'm one of the pastors here at HDBB. Today, I'll be speaking on what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And we are going to look into a passage from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9. A little bit of background. Luke is about the story of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, who is compiled by a doctor. Now, he made detailed investigation into everything he heard from eyewitnesses and put this book together. This book records Jesus going from places to places preaching about the kingdom and he walked in the power of the Holy Spirit. He was casting out demons, he was healing the sick and along the way, he gathered quite a few followers. And out of that, he appointed 12 disciples out of them. He then teached his disciples, invited them to follow him and watch how he ministers to others. So when we arrive in chapter nine, he told his disciples now, you go and do what I did. I'm giving you authority and power to do so. So the disciples went to the towns, preached the gospel, healed the sick, cast out demons. It was a success. And I can only imagine them feeling like, yeah, we've got superpowers now. And this is what it means to follow Jesus. In their Jewish mind also, they thought that Jesus had come to gather a troop and lead a charge to topple over the Roman Empire that was ruling over the Jews in Israel. So into this, Jesus redefined their perspective by announcing his purpose and what it means to be a disciple. So let's read from Luke 9, beginning verse 18. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowd say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others said Elijah, and still others, that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, God's Messiah. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. And he said, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law. He must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good it is for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word today. We just pray that as we look into your work, would you speak to us, Lord? Help us to see you in our text today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Some years ago, me and three of my other friends, we took a road trip to Cameron Highland. It's one of the highlands here in Malaysia. It's about three hours drive from Kuala Lumpur city centre. It's a beautiful site. Mountain views, cool temperature. The favourite thing to do there is to sip a fresh bow tea in one of those cafes at the tea plantation. It's dream. One morning, we decided to drive out Mount Brinchang, one of the highest mountain in Cameron Highland. The view there is apparently breathtaking. So I was driving out of our Airbnb and right at the junction, a debate started. My co-driver insisted that the entrance to the mountain is just on the right turning of this junction. And I was pretty sure that it was on the left turning of the junction because I remember seeing a signboard that says, Mount Brinchang, turn here at the bottom of the hill. Now, this decision is crucial 
because the road drive in Cameron Highland is a little tight. So if you want to switch directions, you have to drive and want to drive the opposite way, you need to drive a distance and then make a proper roundabout to change your direction, which is time consuming. So I remember we parked at this junction and we argued. We argued in and out and there was a bit of drama in the car and I had enough. I said, you know what? Trust me, I'm the driver. So I turned left and off we went. As we were driving down, we saw a horrible traffic on the opposite side of the road. And I affirmed them, look, nobody wants to go up to the mountain at this hour. So the mountain can't be on that side of the road. As I drive some kilometers at the bottom, we saw a small crowd and the signboard, which I saw before. And I said, aha, look at that signboard. And as we looked closer, instead of saying Mount Brinchang, he said market at Brinchang. And we saw lots of people selling fresh vegetables there. I was wrong. The shame was unbearable. I just wanted to flush myself into a toilet bowl right there. And so I just turned to my friends. I said, guys, I'm really sorry. I made a terrible mistake. And so we drove, made a U-turn, drive up again, and then we got stuck in this horrible traffic jam. 45 minutes later, we reached back at the junction of our Airbnb and then we saw the sign about Mount Brinchang this way. So I began driving up this mountain quickly. I was eager to make up time, the time that I wasted. 10 minutes into the drive, my car ran out of petrol. We had to abandon our desire to see the mountaintop view and I felt so guilty and ashamed. Now, reflecting on that, I realized that I relied on what I thought is best ignored any other guidance from my friends and did what I thought was right. You know, in some sense, being in a relationship with Jesus can seem a little bit like that. We go about our lives ignoring God's voice. We make decisions or choices based on what we want, what we assume is right or best, ignoring God in the process. The disciples in the story we read were no different. They thought following Jesus was about being in power and demonstrating power. So in the story that we read earlier, Jesus told his disciples that he was about to die and this was God's will for him. But the disciples couldn't accept this. Actually, if you look in Matthew's gospel, it recorded that Peter took Jesus aside and right there, he rebuked Jesus. Peter said, never Lord, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. So Jesus here redefine what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus. And we're going to take a look at that right now. My one point message today is that being a disciple of Jesus means choosing Jesus over everything. And here's how. First, self-denial. Jesus said, deny yourself. Now, this can be a confusing statement because what exactly about ourselves that we are denying? Do we deny our personalities? Do we deny our passion? Do we deny our ambition? Didn't God made us to be the person we are? Why is He asking us to deny the very thing He placed in us then? Well, deny yourself in the original language here means to disregard your own interests or selfish desires. When our desires and interests is polluted with selfishness, it can lead us away from God. The Bible calls this the desire of the flesh. 
Now, we are all born of flesh, and the flesh has its own desires. When the Bible refers to flesh, it can mean one or two things. The first meaning of this word pertains to living beings on earth, such as animals, people, birds. And, but the most often used one uh, that's referred to flesh is the propensity to sin. You see, we desire food, water, shelter, sex, and comfort. These desires are not wrong and are created by God for us. However, when we use this desire to please ourselves, regardless of God's moral law, that's when it violates God's righteousness. And the Bible calls this sin. So let me give you an example. Uh, hunger. Hunger propels us to find food. Eating is good. It's not sin. But when we eat without self-control, it turns into gluttony, which is sin. I'm guilty of that sometimes. Another example is sex. When it's used outside of God's ordained purpose to please our selfish desires, they lead to adultery, which the Bible calls sin. This is the desire of the flesh. But when we receive Jesus into our heart, now the Holy Spirit lives in us. The Spirit of God in us has desires too. Desires for righteousness, desires to fulfill God's will for us, desire to guide us in all truth. So what we have now is that both the desire of the flesh and the desire of the spirit, and they are in constant conflict with each other. In Galatians 5, verse 16, it says, So I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desire of the flesh desires what's contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. So in summary, flesh versus spirit, selfish versus selfless, unrighteousness versus righteousness, disobedience versus obedience. What's the solution? Deny yourself. Jesus told his disciples to deny themselves. Don't be driven by your own desires and concern, but be driven by God's desire in you. Jesus knew that he was called to die on the cross and he is teaching his disciples who are reluctant to see that happen to deny themselves from the desire to save him or disobey God's will. We deny ourselves and choose Jesus above everything. The next one is sacrifice. Jesus said, carry your cross daily. Obeying the words of Jesus and dying to selfish ambitions may require us to make decisions that are costly and outside of our comfort zone. When I think of this, I am remembered of a Malaysian Christian man by the name of Dr. Nehemiah Lee. He worked in the road construction field for many years and was often dissatisfied when he sees bribery or dishonest gains made in projects. So in 1993, he felt led by God to start his own road construction firm and wanted it to run in a way that honors God inside out. It was a nightmare for him in his first year as he had, he had to say no to projects and had to have his own projects slowed down because he refused to bend some rules and jeopardize his faith values and integrity. He refused to succumb to unrighteous ways of working and chose to work in a way that honors God. He shared in an interview how his company was a subject of mockery because of his business practices and people didn't want to work for him because his company wasn't progressing well. His obedience to Jesus 
was costly. But God honors his heart of following him. Not long after he miraculously got his first major project, and then another one, and then another one, soon his company grew and received numerous awards in Malaysia and beyond. And in 2013, he was recognized by the UK's Institute of Civil Engineers for being successful in business without bribery. The real success in this story isn't of his accolades, but his obedience and sacrifice made in following Jesus. In the midst of many temptations that came his way, he chose Jesus over everything else. Carry your cross daily, Jesus said to his disciples. In the time of Jesus, the cross was a terrible punishment. It was a way that the Romans would execute death sentences. Jesus was challenging his disciples that not only you are to lay down your selfish desires, but are you willing to lay down your life in following me? Now, that can sound extreme, and we may not all need to make a life and death decision daily when we follow Jesus, but on a very daily practical level, maybe making sacrifices is taking time from your busy schedule to help a struggling friend get by in a difficult season. Maybe it's saying no to certain things or making difficult decisions to honor God. Maybe it's being made fun at, laughed at, not being cool or rejected for having faith or for inviting someone to church or for sending out WhatsApp invites for someone to join Alpha or for just sharing your faith with someone. And for those who have done those things, and made those sacrifices, you would know the joy of doing that, the joy of obedience and the joy of choosing Jesus. You'll never feel more alive than doing the will of God. That's why Jesus said in verse 24, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life, the one who denied themselves and take up their cross daily, for me, will save it. Or another translation says, will find it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when He comes in His glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Following Jesus is a path that requires sacrifice. It's a life-giving sacrifice of getting to choose Jesus over everything else. Next, is submission. Jesus said, follow me. The Greek word used here is the same word that is used for road. It means to be on the same road or on the same way. This word is also used for the word accompany. It literally means walk alongside Jesus on a specific road. Now, as I was preparing this talk, I just sensed that God wants to say to some of us that the road that He has for each and every one of us, is different. I was led to this passage in John 21. This was a story of Peter who denied Jesus when Jesus was crucified. He felt guilty after Jesus resurrected. He met with his disciples at the beach and Jesus affirmed Peter of his calling and off his road. Let's read John 21 verse 17. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you would dress yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you 
and lead you to where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Jesus was telling Peter, this is your calling and this is where you will end up. This is your road. And guess what Jesus said after that? He then said, follow me. And look at Peter's response. He tried to compare his road with another disciple in verse 20. Peter turned and saw that disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, oh, what about him? And Jesus answered, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. He's got a road for you. Don't follow someone else's road. Follow Jesus. You'll find your road when you follow Him. When Jesus was telling His disciples about His road and about His death, they couldn't accept it. They suggested a different road. Jesus was like, no, 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 no. You must deny yourself, carry the cross, and follow me. Choose Jesus over everything. Here are some practical ways to grow in denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following Him. They are spiritual disciplines. The first one, feasting on the Word. The best way to understand the ways of Jesus is to feast on His Word. Understand His heart for you. The disciples spent lots of time following Jesus, just listening to Him during the time. What this can look like for us is in the morning, you can just tune in into Bible in one year. Find a Bible plan that works for you. Set a time and just read on it. I read odb.org. It has great devotion as well. It's really easy to read. Feast on Scripture. Second one is fasting. Now, how fasting helps is, is this. Think of your, the desires of your flesh and the desires of the Spirit as like power banks. When you fast from food, one of the things our flesh desire is food. When you fast from eating, you sort of stop charging your flesh power bank. And then you re replace it with prayer and reading scripture. And then that charges up your spirit inside of you, God's spirit. And then whenever they come in battle, you can be sure that God's spirit in you will always win. Now, if you fast, but you don't spend time with the Lord, that's dieting. Thirdly, filling of the Holy Spirit. One of the simple ways you can do this is to say a prayer, come Holy Spirit, right after you read scripture or right after you pray every day and just be filled with God's Spirit. In John 16, 3, it says, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you in all truth. He will not speak of His own. He will speak only what He hears and what He tells you what is yet to come. Be filled with the Spirit. Last but not least, friends in faith. It can be difficult to follow Jesus in an environment where righteousness and faith doesn't exist. It can be easily discouraging and tempting to abandon some of our values because of the status quo. Get plugged into a community that can cheer you on, that can pray with you as you go out and live out your faith. Jesus always had his disciples together in groups. And when he sent them out, he sent them with groups as well. We are not meant to do this alone. You know, the extent that we are willing to deny ourselves, carry the cross, 
and follow Jesus hinges on this question. The question Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Peter replied, God's Messiah. Jesus, God in flesh, denied himself of his divine privileges and took a humble position of a slave when he came to earth. He sacrificed his life in obedience to God and showed us what submitting to the will of God is like when he went on the cross. He died on the cross for our sins so that we can be forgiven and set free from all our selfish desires and have a personal relationship with God. If today you want to make that confession for the first time that Jesus is the Messiah, the one true God, and you want a personal relationship with Him, you can do so by repeating this prayer after me. Thank you, Lord, for dying for my sins on the cross. I'm sorry for all the wrongs that I've done. I invite you now to please come into my life and be my God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer for the first time, click in the request prayer button. We'll love to pray for you and support you on this new journey of faith. And for the rest of us, let's invite the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts again so that in all that we do, we can be led by the Spirit into a lifestyle of choosing Jesus over everything. Let's say this simple prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. 